0: Hello, feely humans. Welcome to another episode of You, Me, Empathy. My name is Noan Wells, and this is episode 258 on life-changing friendships with Jake Crawford. Jake and I explore, as I mentioned, life-changing friendships, growing up as a gay kid in a conservative town, what we do when the people who are supposed to love us don't accept us, and finding a voice on the stage— Jake and I had a wonderful conversation in this episode. Jake is a lovely, beautiful human being, human, feely human being. And uh, I really uh, loved and cherished this conversation, and I hope you do too. As a reminder, I am wrapping up the podcast. In the next month or so, uh, you'll, you'll see the last few episodes come out. I'll probably record a sort of uh final uh cap episode just to kind of uh wrap up everything if you will and it has no reflection on my beautiful guests uh like Jake here uh, or or anything other than I am I am feeling a need for a shift in my life creatively and I've done this podcast for five and a half years. It's been so beautiful and 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 life affirming and I've met so many amazing people like yourself. And I just wanted to thank you again for being a part of it. And I I you know, part of this shift is I want to do some more reading and writing. I have a picture book or two idea in me. I, I have another creative project that I have deadlines for that I'm very excited about, excited to tell you all about. Um, and I want to continue growing and figuring out this membership community that I launched in January. So if you want to keep in touch, again, there'll be new episodes weekly for the next month or so. Uh, but keeping in touch, the best way to do that is by joining the Feely Human membership community. If you go to feelyhuman.co slash membership you can learn more about that and join. We would love to have you be a part of it. If you can't afford the $25 a month for the paid level of the membership, which I highly recommend you join because it's just so much value at tons of events. Uh, but if you can't afford that, uh, reach out to me, hello at feelyhuman.co, and I can set you up with a, a sliding scale option if that works for you. Um, but yeah, that's that's where a lot of my energy will be going forward. Who knows? Maybe in twenty twenty-four I come back with another podcast, a different podcast. I, I I love the medium of podcasting. I I I'm not shutting that door completely, but for now, Yumi Empathy is wrapping up and I'm really grateful for it. And actually if you want a feely or a Yumi Empathy sticker, uh email me. Just email me hello at feelyhuman.co And I'll send email me uh, your name and your address, and I will send you a UMI empathy sticker. Um, And I think that's it. Uh, I will be back next week chatting with you. And again, for the next month or so. But until then, please go to feelyhuman.co, click on the membership tab there, and uh, join us. We would love to, to have you join us over there. So. Thank you for being a part of this and enjoy this episode, episode 258, on life changing friendships with Jake Crawford.
1: You, 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 me,
0: empathy. Welcome to You Me Empathy, the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective. On this show, we explore the struggles, the triumphs, the brights and the darks we face. As humans trying to be human on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot, Yumi Empathy was created so that we can be witness to our collective humanity through the lens of empathy, vulnerability, and emotional curiosity. We aim to destigmatize mental health, lead fiercely with our hearts, feel our feelings without shame and judgment, and share our courageous stories so that others may feel less alone and more connected as feeling humans. Yumi Empathy is a brave place designed to inspire the beauty in each of us, because each of us, in all of our kaleidoscopic parts, makes up a magical whole that deserves to be seen. Today, I am oh so grateful to be here with stage actor, makeup artist, Anglophile, and film nerd, Jake Crawford. Hello, Jake. Hello. How are you? How, how, how are you feeling?
2: I'm very well. Yeah. Tired but grateful to have another day.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that. Tired but grateful to have another day. Yeah. I like that. That's that's well said. Um <laughs> what is like let's start here. What is what is filling your heart lately?
2: Lately it's just been the gratitude I have for my friends and for the world and for art and for just the joy that life can bring
0: mm. mm-hmm. i love that can you jake share a seminal moment or two in your life um, this is a question i ask every so often and it's what that means is a seminal moment means is like a memorable part of your journey um, whether that's in childhood or in adulthood it doesn't matter just a a moment that is memorable a moment that speaks to who you are today um something that's a powerful part of of where you where you've gone and where you have have come from and where where you are now um do you want to share a seminal moment or two
1: I'd
2: love to all right um the first thing that kind of popped in my head was um i grew up with a stutter And with a lot of disabilities and in my college year or two, (laughs) until I moved, um, I got cast in a play called the Laramie project, which was emotional Mm. as a gay man to be able to tell the story of Matthew Shepard and the aftermath of his murder, Mm. um, After that play, I got nominated for an Irene Ryan, which is sort of theater award that I guess happens. (laughs) I don't really know much about it.
0: That's amazing.
2: I went to Colorado where Matthew ironically was killed. I mean, we went to where he stayed in the hospital. Hmm. And um, after I got home, I met a group of wonderful people and I did the stage makeup for Rocky Horror.
1: Hmm.
2: That was something Um, and then through that person I met probably my greatest group of friends I'll ever meet Um, and I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and this one friend taught me about makeup more and she told me about her own struggles and she just changed my life that would probably be the most one I can recently think of that stayed with me was just that whole experience combined to create a new group of friends it gave me strength to continue on when i was really struggling um i just cannot thank that person enough for what she's done for me mm.
1: um
2: she's a brave human being
0: and how would you describe that like what what she did for you like yes she sort of let me just actually put it in your own words like what is what did what did she do for you? Like, what specifically?
2: I thought I was going crazy.
0: <laughs>
2: no one, everyone kept telling me the pain is in your head because it causes widespread widespread pain throughout the mm. entire body. I thought, oh, my God, I'm either losing my mind, I might be dying, and I look like crap. And, <laughs> and then she said, you know, um, it's completely normal. You probably just have a chronic pain condition. And I was like, oh. That explains a lot. Mm-hmm. And then the whole makeup thing. I was not a good makeup artist until she she literally brought me a box full of 50 different items. <laughs> and for the first time, I was able to become a real makeup artist for theater and do what I love, which is makeup and acting. And I just owe her a lot. And mm-hmm. I tell her that almost every day via text. I wake her up each morning with a little, I love you and thank you. and. I'm a very emotional person, I, I would say.
0: <laughs> that's a good thing.
2: Can't be until you're in a movie theater with mascara running down your face.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think that's beautiful. I I love that. Well, first of all, you know, living with something that is invisible, right? Like quote unquote invisible, right? It's it's you can't see oh, yeah. chronic pain necessarily. No,
1: you and can't.
0: Yeah, and 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 it being invisible uh, leads to a lot of just yeah, people not believing you, people sort of questioning your bodily autonomy, questioning your uh, your your honesty in the matter. And sometimes,
2: uh, been, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're of a different sexual orientation, they'll just assume you have a terrible disease.
0: <laughs> right. That's another piece of it. Yeah, it's it's uh, that that part of it is um and and continues to this day um yeah. so talk about the feeling of being seen like that
2: i just you know i grew up in a very conservative town
0: mm-hmm.
2: um being gay was <laughs> a no-brainer it was like do not be this you're wasting your life um when I got the chronic pain condition, the first thing my doctor said, well, we're going to have to check for HIV. And I was Mm like, um, why? Well, because you're gay, right? I was like, no, that shouldn't matter. I think it's fibromyalgia. Um, I've done enough research and I've had enough tests done. (laughs) And then when my friend came in and said, you know, I have a, you know, it's completely normal. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever been told, <laughs> and she fought for me. She calls um her nickname is I'm her little gay her little gay baby, and she's Mama Bear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that's sweet.
2: I've never had that, so I was kind of like, Oh my goodness, I love this. It's amazing. I just have to say, the women in my life are so incredible.
0: <laughs> mm.
2: I just count my blessings every day.
0: And when did this happen? Like, when did that moment happen with Mama Bear?
2: Last year, um, she came over and stayed the night and I put on my favorite period film called The Favorite, which is, it's a gay film. It's a beautiful movie. It's all about women in power. And I loved it. She loved it.
0: The Yorgos Lanthimos movie?
2: Yes. I adore that movie. It's like my safe place. Hmm. (laughs) I like the meanness of it and the Mm -hmm. smartness. And she's, we ended up, well, she brought over some little ciders. (laughs) We We actually had a little bit too much. So she slept over and just that whole night we just kept talking and we went swimming in our, in, in my pool I had, and we talked and talked and cried and it was the most, I'd never had a female friend like that. I must add, I mean, I had female females in my life who had given me so much love and hope and strength, but I'd never had a friend like that before. Mm. And it was like life changing in a way. Mm-hmm. I tell her that every day. You changed my life. You. And then I met another f- female friend who's also become my strength today, And she asked me to say her name because her name is Aurora and she's <laughs> amazing. Hmm. I've just surrounded myself with the best possible people because I've gone through the highest highs and the lowest lows. And which is hmm. actually a quote from Elizabeth Taylor. So I'm going to steal it. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. <laughs> but This is
0: Liz's favorite podcast. <laughs> so, uh, from
2: uh, from uh, up in the heavens, from she's up watching that. Yeah, that's
0: right. I actually.
2: imagine she would have been probably been really happy with this podcast. She loved <laughs> mental health. Mm. I'm a nerd about her,
1: so.
0: <laughs> no, I know that. I know that about you. Um, well, I, I what's profound about this, and and it needs to to be said and and illuminated is is so much of our lives, um, you know, especially someone. Who is dealing with some sort of chronic pain, um, uh, you know, um, someone who's queer, someone who's black, someone, you know, someone in the intersectionality yeah. on the spectrum, whatever it may be, some sort of othering, right? And you sort oh, of yeah. live your life and there's a lot of, uh, there's persecution, there's, there's um, racism, there's homophobia, there's xenophobia. hatred, xenophobia, all of it, right? And what is a crucial part of that journey and that healing through that journey is one another, right? Is, is people like yeah. Mama Bear, people like Aurora, Aurora, um, seeing you, Jake, for who you are and allowing you to be who you are and allowing you to be uplifted by them because we need each other, right?
2: Yeah. Um. <laughs> What um, I was diagnosed with PTSD before I got the chronic pain. That caused it. Mm. I went through a trauma when, when I was little from another family member who decided to take advantage of me. Um, and then when I finally got the chronic pain, it just felt like a full life's culmination of pain and suffering. Mm. But then I've had all these great um, people in my life who... Like when I was little, this person who I call Aunt Louise, she saw that because my sister and I are both disabled. Um, She's in a wheelchair. I'm not. Of course, all the family attention would rightfully go to the one who had more issues. And so I was always kind of left behind when it came to certain things. So she took me under her wing. She's not biological, but that lady, um, she's incredible. She's Mm. seventy. Something now, and she's just every day. I I call her once a week, and she, her mom adopted me as her grandson. And when when I came out to her, it was the most extraordinary, hilarious thing. She she was ninety something, and her first thing was, "Oh, but honey, your girlfriend's going to be so disappointed."
1: <laughs>
2: I said, "Oh well, my boyfriend's going to be extra happy,"
1: <laughs>
2: and I'm glad to say I haven't had a boyfriend. <laughs> it's not really my thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just have had the best person's possible. I just am so lucky in that way. Some queer people grow up and they're just, they never find the one person who makes them feel safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where, where does your biological family fit into this?
2: <sighs> Ugh. I mean, Oh no, I love them. Um, <laughs> I love them, but they do not accept me. They never will. And my sister does to a point, as long as I don't talk about it. Hmm. We're twins. So I guess there's that sort of bondness and closeness between us. And I do adore her. She's lovely. But um, they do not accept me. In fact, um, I've been kicked out four times because of it.
0: Because of what?
2: Just being gay for wearing one time, it was for wearing makeup. One time was yeah. because I I wanted to date a boy. The next time was because I wanted to talk about the abuse, mm. and so each time my aunt lovingly took me in, <laughs> but she had just taken care of her mother for a long time, so it wasn't exactly easy on her having a sixteen-year-old kid.
1: Yeah. Um, and hey, then I yeah,
2: then I moved back in, and they sent me to college, and I blossomed, or so I've been told. <laughs> I found theater and that kind of took over and I haven't looked
1: back.
0: How does it, feel? I mean, I, I don't, my intention isn't to um, create discord or division between you and your family, but I, I am curious about how you hold that truth within you, the, the the reality that you are you and you being you is not okay for your family.
2: You are fine. I mean, I've written chapters of books about this and it doesn't really, I think that's just an honest question. I mean, how can we live with the fact that our, the people who are supposed to love us don't, well, they love part of us, but they can't love all of us. It's painful. It's very, very painful. Um, I want, I mean, I always say they're missing out.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that.
2: They could have they someone are. who goes shopping with them and tells them that won't look good on you, but this will, <laughs> or your makeup is a bit blocky today, but you still look pretty, but maybe try this.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And I've, I mean, I've talked to my friends and they've said that some of um, actually my adoptive cousin, she's kind of, She's on my dad's side, she actually told me that um one of her friends' son came out. she's pretty sure he's gay, and she's like, "I can't wait and i'm like i can't imagine a mom being proud of her son for being gay. I think that's amazing because that's not my r- reality i've i've my birth mother didn't want us, so we moved in with our grandmother lovely woman <laughs> Mm. I must add that just in case she ever hears this podcast. Love you. <laughs> but um, um, she just will not accept it. She says she does, but then we'll watch Downton Abbey. And when Thomas kisses somebody, the one gay character, she said, oh, disgusting.
1: Mm.
2: And I sit there going, oh, okay. It's the most painful thing, knowing that they're not going to love you all the way. But as I said, they're missing out.
1: Yeah. They are missing out, yeah
2: and I'm lucky to have certain members in my family who do accept it and they're excited. <laughs> but it's very, very rare,
0: yeah, well, I'm sorry Jake um, oh, and no. i'm and I'm grateful you're living to be you and, and pursuing, you know, the fullness of Jake in, in spite of it. Um,
2: oh yeah. I just have decided to live my life the best I can. I've had, I've tried to leave this world a couple times and now I've told my friends that my reason for living is often them. Cause if I'm needed, then I feel like I have to stay and I want to stay. Cause I want to see them grow old and I want to grow old. With them, Hmm. and I think the worst thing that's ever been said to me was a family member said, "Try harder next time."
0: Wow. Yeah, they're
2: in a different about you
0: about you leaving this world. They said, "Try harder next time."
2: Yes, because I didn't really mean it.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness,
2: that's what I said. I was like, "My, I know it." You do realize this isn't the 1950s, dear.
0: Um, I just, I just, I can, I can sort of intellectually understand the, maybe I can't even intellectually, the, the, the <laughs> hatred and the sort of the fact that a person can't accept another person as they are. It just, it just. It's awful. It's awful. And it, it, you know, it wears me down. Like I can't, like I, 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 I'd imagine it, it wears you down even Uh, immeasurably uh, more, (laughs) um, you know, so it just like, it's, it enrages me. um, But I will say this, Jake, I, I'm grateful you're here, here on this podcast, here on this planet, because, you know, you sharing and you talking about and being brave enough to talk about your, your life, your experience gives others hope, right? You know, like there are, I, I yeah. over the summer, I went and led a workshop at Brave Trails, which is a, a queer youth camp. It's um, wonderful for kids. I think like they're all like between like 13 and like 18 around there. But, you know, a lot of these kids, um, you know, grew up with a lot of the stuff you're talking about, right? Um
2: The rejection. The yeah.
0: I mean, the, the rejection. The just feeling alone, <laughs> feeling different. You know, feeling like,
2: terrified.
0: Feeling terrified. Like I grew up in an environment. My parents were evangelical, and 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 being gay was bad. Like that. That was the message I got as a kid. And. That's horrifying.
2: It's terrifying. I mean, it's just, I grew up Catholic myself. Yeah. And my religion teacher would pick out the homosexual parts <laughs> and make me read it.
0: Wow.
1: So
2: I would change the answers. It's fun or delicious. And she would get so frustrated. <laughs> I took savage pleasure in it. It was awful, but...
0: <laughs> Well, it's your little defiance, like your little, you know, The abortion section I
2: was also forced to read. And I was, I am so pro. I just worship women. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Women have the right to be themselves and to do whatever they want with their bodies. And this year has been tough on me to watch. Mm. It's been painful. This country is, Ooh,
0: I yeah, just, how do you how do you keep how do you keep hope alive for yourself?
2: Oh, it's just knowing there's trailblazers out there. I mean, mm. there's gonna be a i mean, it's just knowing that this next generation is gonna change all that back. I just know they will and then we'll codify it hopefully we'll make sure it's permanent,
1: yeah,
2: um, I have to say. I think for the moment I knew I was gay, I latched on to these female icons and just, and I do have to say the person who pushed that forward was my first babysitter, Shayna Schaefer. Mm. She (laughs) knew I was gay before I did. So she brought over the wizard of Oz as cliche as that is. Um, I have to say as cliche again, as it is somewhere over the rainbow has always been my one hopeful
0: Oh, song to sing whenever song. I'm sad. So beautiful,
2: Judy Garland.
0: Yeah, especially oh. Judy Garland's version of it. It's it's wonderful.
2: Um, I think it's just I try to keep hope by remembering that we're all here because we can make a difference. Hmm. My dream is to become an actor and maybe on the stage version, and then eventually Hollywood. And I want to be that someone that a queer person, a queer kid, can look up and say, "Hey, if he can make it, I can." Hmm. I think movies hopefully are changing to allow queer stories being told. I've I'm grateful that I've seen so many female actors pushing for female stories and queer stories. And sadly, the men portion is kind of quiet. And that kind of bothers me, (laughs) but I think the next generation is going to change things. And it's so, and I just want to stay around just for that.
1: Mm. I was,
2: I mean, even this year, I thought, you know, I'm tired. I'm in pain all the time. I think it's time to go. But then I'm reminded of the bravery that's been shown to me and how brave I've been myself. I'm like, you know, I think I can handle another 20 years, 50, 90. If they invent immortality by then, I'll be happy to still be (laughs) dancing to Lady Gaga at 190.
0: (laughs) I like the idea of inventing immortality. That's, that's, uh. Something to aspire to. Um, yeah. I love that. What? So tell me a little bit about... I don't know much about fibromyalgia, Jake. So tell me a little bit about um, what it is and what what helps you.
2: I learned about it through Lady Gaga's documentary 5-2. And after being diagnosed with it, I really went on a binge. Um, it is... It starts in the nerves. It's basically your nerves being damaged from so much stress or it can be caused by rape. If I can say that word, Um, you can edit it out and change it.
0: (laughs) You may, you may all, all words uh, have a place here.
2: Um, It can be caused by you getting hit by a truck and you not most of the time um, it can be caused by you having PTSD and not processing it soon enough. Mm. You never got help for it. And eventually your body just cannot fight the, cause you know, when you have a PTSD attack, your body tenses up and you can't move. I would describe the attacks as being the worst pain you've ever felt in your life. Um, when I have one, I lock down and can't move. I'm literally lying on the bed or on the floor. The first time it happened, your whole body goes numb. You get that pins and needles which is the worst feeling in the world, right? When when your foot or arm falls asleep. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It is. And then suddenly there's pain, head to toe pain, mm. arching up and down your back every time you move. If someone touches you, there's pain. Um, it's constant. Um, I've had to get on often. Um, magnesium will help relieve. And mm-hmm. then I have to pop pain pills once in a while. Um, Lady Kaga says that hers is caused by a, a projectification. If someone runs at her and grabs her, that's it. She's done for the day. She can't move. Wow. Um, I really didn't follow her instructions. I followed what she said because I trust her more than anyone else on earth, probably. <laughs> um, I would just describe it as the worst pain you've ever had. And then coupled with the PTSD that I have, it's like a... Not only are the images there, but the pain, it's just a really nasty disease. It's um hopefully someday they'll invent a cure for it, or at least a long-lasting pill that can subside it. Some people go without months without having an attack, or they do it every single week or every single day. And how I can't often? imagine how the day people feel.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I couldn't. how often how often do you get an attack?
2: Once a week or once a month, or if I do too much in a day, like, um, well, uh, well I went to Hawaii mm-hmm. with the family, which was me. Eh, it was fun until it wasn't. Um, and then I came home and I fell in a ditch <laughs> cause they're digging for a construction site. And I fell in a five foot hole and hit my leg and cut it open.
0: Oh my God.
2: And it's bruised from. So the pain, Kind of messed up my body. <laughs> so now my brain's thinking, oh, you're having an attack, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'm just bruised. So it's been happening almost every single week. Mm. Oh, it was not that bad of a cut, but it was still a big bruise and my body did not react well. It's like, oh my God, what? what what's this? It, 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 is it time? I went, no. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: So when I'm working, I have to be mindful not to lift anything too heavy. Or else next day, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not pretty. <laughs> I get very temperamental.
0: Are there, like, what is the treatment or, like, therapy? First of all, some are... Some people... It, yeah, go ahead.
2: Sorry. Some people use um, antipsychotics.
0: Mm-hmm, Others mm-hmm.
2: use... They get a needle, and they dip it in anesthetic, and then they pressure point you. Oh, And that can last for weeks. I'm not rich. I can't afford that. (laughs)
1: Lady
2: Gaga gets it done. Good for her. She has a lot of money. (laughs) Well-earned, I must say. She deserves everything she's gotten. Just to not sound horrible. (laughs) But um, a lot of the treatments are very expensive. I've looked into them. Mm. The antipsychotics I love to do. I think it might help with my PTSD and my flashbacking. And I do have little episodes where I get really temperamental and freak out due to the fear. But sadly, insurance won't cover them. So I've kind of given up on that. But the treatments are pretty, they're working on a drug now that if they put through, hopefully it it can actually lessen the effects to where you only get it monthly instead of Daily or
0: weekly, Uh, mm. which is a big step. Yeah. And insurance won't cover antipsychotics.
2: Not the ones that, unfortunately. um,
0: That you have. (laughs) Yeah, None
2: of mine have. In fact, um, they're struggling to cover anything because I don't really look disabled, but I am disabled. And so they're kind of on the fence about that. So I don't really get anything. So it's well, whatever they give me, I'll take.
0: Is not is having fibromyalgia a disability?
2: It actually is, but they don't think it is yet. I um, do have cerebral palsy. Mild. I can walk and talk, but I also have Tourette's and ADHD. And But right now, they're classifying fibromyalgia as a disability, but they're still kind of learning what it is. They're confused by it, which is what doctors do. They're always confused about something about the subject they're studying.
0: Well, that's, that's, that's what science is, right? Like, it's, I love it's, it. it's, it's, I love it's, it. it's, there's so much mystery, but if, if the fact is that they, they, the, the sort of governable, they, the, the royal, they, <laughs> if they decide, and it sounds like they have, that it's a disability, then you, you should be covered. why, okay. why?
2: I have no clue and I've yelled at them about this. I'm not really yelled, but I've gotten very stern. I'm like, eventually you need to cover it because I'm going to need help. If it gets worse, I've often said, that's it. I'll just (laughs) give up. It is horrible. When there's an attack, it's like nothing I can do. Mm. And it's painful and counseling can only do so much because they can't really stop the pain, but they can just be like, oh no, that's terrible. Talk to me about it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if I could touch you and give you the pain and let you understand, then you could help me,
1: maybe. Right.
2: Um, I think it was just. Oops, sorry, I kicked the desk. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that happens. It's a small desk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to say, just the whole journey of it with the PTSD has just been fascinating, and kind of interesting and at the same time horrible. I always take over really everything for me is like a journey. I love it. But I also hate it.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> well, so, I always you know. take
2: a positive spin on things. I mean, it's just kind of hilarious in a way.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, from my vantage point, it's not. But I, I, I also can understand from your vantage point it being so, because that's maybe how you need to survive right now. Yeah,
2: I find... Whenever something bad happens, I just put a grin on and say, well, wasn't that fun? Mm. And my friends are always like, oh, are, 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 are you okay? I'm, like, I'm completely fine. I just will not cry in front of you unless I really need to. And I'd rather stay positive and, as the British say, carry on.
0: Because <laughs> otherwise, it would be too much.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gone through... So much pain. I must be assault, and then BDSD that came with it, then getting kicked out. And then the fibromyalgia has been like a long journey. And I'm like, if I were to break down about it, (laughs) it would not be pretty.
1: Mm.
2: And I would just rather stay strong for my friends. And if they need a shoulder to cry on, I'm going to let them cry on it. Because I would literally give my life for them. I view my life now as just serving others. And I'm happy with that. I'm just so happy to be alive and to yeah. having made it through it and to say, Oh my gosh, I know this beautiful person who makes me smile every day, mm-hmm. even though I don't live with them anymore, or live next to them anymore or cause they're all in Washington and I'm here in Arizona. And, but we talk every day That's and good. it's magical.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is like you, you talked about how your hope is to, get on stage and into Hollywood and act more like what is what is that like what is that path like do you dream about that what does that path look like for you do you think
2: I just you need know, to, just like I'm my family wants me to become a teacher and I'm really not a teaching kind I'm I'm I've been <laughs> I'm good at it I mean I'm good at reading and talking about things I yak for hours but for me, it's ever since I discovered acting, it's like a bug that's gotten a hold of me.
0: What um, do you think that is?
2: I can be someone else.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
2: have to be Jake with the PTSD and the baggage. And the. I can be this. Like for the Lambry Project, I had seven parts.
1: Mm.
2: Each of those seven parts was like a healing bomb. For lack of a better word, it's like a love bomb. I was like, "Oh my god, I get to be a Southern drag queen this week, or <laughs> I get to be a lady who killed her husband for the insurance money in improv this week, or <laughs> um, it's just like I don't get, I, I don't have to be Jake. Mm-hmm. I love Jake; he's a great person, I'm sure. But I can be this wonderful person who isn't myself, and it's." I mean the class is nice, but I like the work because it is a job. Yeah. Contrary to what people feel, <laughs> acting is hard work.
1: Yeah. That's because I mean, you I have could...
2: to appear believable.
1: Yeah.
2: Or else, what's the point of doing it? Um, I just say, being on stage is a lot. I'm comfortable on camera. That was what surprised me because mm. I, whenever I talked growing up, I would have to scream. Because I could not talk, I would do that, 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 that. Right. And my parents loved them. They did not react well to that. They got frustrated and yelled, which made the stuttering worse. Um, it was my adoptive aunt and her mother who really said, "Take a deep breath and scream it out." So when I got on stage and on camera, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna stutter. I'm gonna pause." I had no problem. And I can't explain it. I had zero problem, wow, And for the first time in my life, I actually burst into tears on camera, and my acting teacher, she is a beautiful soul. She is I love her to pieces, and I miss her. That woman said, "You're crying because you feel seen?" I said, "No, because I'm finally home. Hmm. I don't have to worry anymore. I can do this." So I jumped into each thing she threw at me. Um, I did Shakespeare. I did. <laughs> um, I did have to take a break af- after the Laramie project. It took a toll on my mental health. I had been running the local GSA at the time as well. Mm-hmm. I've actually started it, which is horrifying to me that there had not been one for almost two years.
0: That's the Gay-Straight Alliance, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And... Um, that whole play, I designed a poster board. I found the picture of Matthew in the hospital, where um, I don't know if you know what happened to him.
0: I know, um, va- I know, like vaguely of that. Two straight
2: story. men basically lured him out to a. Uh, they lured him into their car and drove him out to a field and pistol whipped him.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: And left him out there in negative eighteen degree weather, and that poor baby. <laughs> um, poor 21-year-old kid. <laughs> I called him a baby, but <laughs> that kind of I do have flashes of what I call maternal instincts. I kind of mm. act like a mom. Uh, that hit home hard because that could have been any one of one of my gay friends or I.
1: Yeah.
2: Um I found the pictures in him, they had literally detached his brainstem stem with the final blow. And I found that picture and I made it into a poster board and I put it outside the theater and people had to come in and stare at this poor kid. And I said, that's the reason why I'm doing this play. That's what I want them to walk away with. A life was taken. Mm. And my director said, that's why you got cast. (laughs) I just took that play into my heart and soul.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it.
2: I just loved him. And I wanted to tell his story, and there's a really beautiful documentary called Matthew Shepard. Matt Shepard, my pro- my bad, is a friend of mine, and I watched it every single night when I got home so I could get back into the mood the next day. Which is basically method acting. It's not a good thing. I don't recommend it. It's a terrible thing to do to yourself.
1: Yeah, it's a dangerous a thing.
2: Method acting is horrible. Hmm. It's dreadful. But for me, I had to live that part. I had to understand what's the aftermath of the murder like.
1: Hmm.
2: And that murder was a bad murder. (laughs) And acting became like an escape and it healed me in a way. Because I don't get to be Jake. I get to be Jonas Slonecker, this beautiful teacher or person who barely knew him. Yet he's the one person who I emailed and he wrote back. Because I asked him, what was it like back then? How do you walk? How do you talk? Um, And he was so kind.
0: Hmm.
2: Not to ramble on about acting, but it's like.
0: (laughs) No, I love it. I love it.
2: It's a very healing thing for me. That play was an honor. And then to get an Irene Ryan nomination, my first part, I was kind of like, um, I anchored my, my director, actually. <laughs> he mm-hmm. read off my name and i said is there a misprint cuz <laughs> so i just cuz i stuttered on stage i could not stop stuttering mm. i was just so unnerved by the amount of people there and by the fact that this was his matthew Shepard story that i would stutter but for some reason something clicked to, to, to the people who came from the festival and they thought hmm that festival is a nightmare and it i was thrilled to learn that one the direct, One of the judges was a drag queen.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. That made it all better.
0: It's Mm -hmm. like,
2: oh, appear.
0: Yeah, they had your back.
2: (laughs) And then I came in second place. I mean, second round, which you're against 600 other people.
0: Oh my goodness. That was an amazing achievement.
2: That was stressful. (laughs) I did not. So when we didn't make it to the third round, I was like, thank God. (laughs) Because I did Macbeth. And my Shakespeare is not too good, (laughs) in my opinion.
0: Mm. Shakespeare is tough.
2: Oh, he's, he's, but his language is so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm very, I'm a Shakespeare nut. One of the books on my book is is his complete works. It's over 5,000 pages. Mm. And I've read the whole thing in about a month. (laughs) And it's a lot of pages. I love it. My friends hate it, but <laughs> I'll call them and just recite Shakespeare and they're like, oh no.
0: I I feel like I need to give Shakespeare another shot because I, I have a English literature literature degree and oh, fabulous. I fabulous. I, I love reading. I love books. I think they're portals to empathy. And I, I did okay. read a lot of Shakespeare in college, but I just I never connected to it then. And I, I'm wondering Please. if if I could connect to it now, because back then I was, I was very lost and just kind of surviving a lot. So I, I wonder if like, I think that's, me, me being in the place now I can connect to it better.
2: What book did you like as like in that time period? Cause mine was, um, <laughs> mine was rather strange.
0: What was yours?
2: <laughs> it's a book from 1834 <laughs> and it's actually from 1834. It's um The Last Days of Pompeii.
0: Okay. I've heard of this.
2: <laughs> I own a first, like a second edition. Wow. I collect first edition books to save them for posterity.
0: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I would love to see your library someday.
2: Um, I would just say some of them you've probably heard of. Most of them you probably have.
0: not <laughs> That's okay. I love looking at books. Uh, that's I, my favorite.
2: Well, um, I've not to brag, but I've been reading at eighth grade level since I was about Seven.
0: <laughs> Brag I, all you want. Brag away. <laughs> I'm the right person to hear it. That's beautiful.
2: <laughs> it was like books were my one salvation as a kid.
0: Oh, yeah. Such a, such a beautiful escape. Get in that imagination. And Lord of the Rings, wander. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Thankfully
2: not Game of Thrones, because I was too young for that.
0: <laughs> you know, i I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I read them... As a teenager, and I haven't read them since, but I'm, I invited my kid, my friend's kid, Sam, and Jessica's nephew, Sawyer, to do a Lord of the Rings book club starting in a few days. So I'm, I'm, Fabulous. I'm gonna be rereading them and I'm so excited.
2: I just ordered myself as a cheat a new hardback coffees and then the, the Similarian.
0: Oh, yeah. I've never read the Similarian.
2: I'm not too thrilled. It's because according to their reviews, this is basically a giant encyclopedia.
0: Mm, I'm like, yeah. mm,
2: please be good. Cause sometimes his writing can be a bit much for me. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, <laughs> but, it's, a, um, it's akin to like Moby Dick, right? There's a lot of,
2: Mike Moby
1: Dick.
0: There's a lot of description. <laughs> there's a lot of just, let's go for 40 pages about this one or, or, or something, you know, um
2: yeah anna yeah. karenina was very difficult
0: i have not read that one <laughs> i
2: started war and peace and made it like chapter 100 and then i was like
0: mm. you just got through the war uh, part <laughs> yeah, and not the peace, to the peace not to the peace i gave up I yeah like, i don't blame you yeah
2: i mean my friends like read don quixote i'm like mm. if, if that's even the right way to say that word
0: <laughs> have you ever read any marcel proust
2: a little bit. I I don't think I I can read his big book. And I, mm, seven thousand pages is a bit steep for me.
0: It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> well, I bring I bring him up because you know he was a gay man writing in the oh, yeah. you know eighteenth century, and uh, my father in law has been trying to read some of the classics, and he's been trying Fabulous. to read That's proofs, and, great. and he was having trouble with. He was like, "There's." There's no period, you know, and it's a way it's, it's a lot of the way that people wrote back then. There's, there's a lot of, um, parentheticals. There's a oh, lot of true. semicolons.
2: Um, oh, it's... Yeah. Um, do you like Oscar Wilde?
0: You know, I, I don't know if I've ever read Oscar Wilde, but he
2: was a queer icon.
0: Yes. I know that. Yeah. But um, his
2: writing is a bit stiff. Yeah. But his comebacks were lovely.
0: I'm sure. His yeah.
2: last words were um something I'm gonna paraphrase on my deathbed. He was dying of a, g- a general disease because he lived quite a flamboyant life. Bless him. He was imprisoned for s- for the charges of um homosexuality. Mm. Oh, you gotta love those times. And he was dying in a shabby hotel, and looked up at the curtains, which were apparently very horrible. And he said, "Either these curtains go, or I shall."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which I think is such a queer thing to say.
0: Very, very. I love. <laughs> we it.
2: often use humor. Yeah, but I think his writing is stiff, but good writer. But his sayings were beautiful, and like I'm obsessed with queer icons, like Sir Ian McKellen. I love.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he's sort really of
2: cool. have a crush on him. And if you ever listen to this, hi, I'm single.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if Ian McKellen listens to the show. I highly doubt it. But hello, Ian. Hello, sir, Ian McKellen. I should. Just say. in
2: case, hi, jake's single. He thinks you're delicious. No, <laughs> I think he's just a beautiful human being, and I'm so happy that he came out.
0: I mm. think it. How old was he when he came out?
2: Um, he came out a long time ago. Actually, I think he's like in his. I don't want to say maybe fifties
0: when he was in his fifties, but yeah. he really
2: came out in, in like his eighties and he was seen waving the pride flag at a gay pride float and mm-hmm. kissing Sir Patrick Stewart.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Which I thought was fabulous.
0: <laughs> yes. I agree.
2: He's I a great queer ally. I thought.
0: Yeah. For who me, else, who Winston. else inspires you, Jake? You know, you, um, you mm, obviously yes. like you're connected to a lot of wonderful people and you have this, you're building this, community Prince. of of support Hi. around you like who else who else inspires you
2: celebrity wise i'll say rachel vice i think is she's beautiful in being elizabeth taylor was definitely right just her work with the aids epidemic stayed mm. with me even though mm. i wasn't alive for it mm-hmm. um helena bottom carter is one of them i love she taught me it's okay to be odd
0: it's okay to be on. Odd. Oh, odd. Yeah. You know, yeah, she dresses yeah,
2: yeah. strange and Lady yeah, Gaga is an obvious one. Celine on was my first love.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Um, I went to see her in concert hilariously and a person sat in front of me and I started bawling apparently because I couldn't see.
1: Uh.
2: I was about eight. Um, <laughs> that person put me on their shoulders so I could see.
1: Oh,
0: wow.
2: She was huge for me. Um, She, that was probably the guessing point that I was gay. Cause I used to strut around in high heels to my heart will go on.
1: <laughs> and I tap song. danced.
2: I used to go to summer camp and I tap danced to my heart will go on. Mm. And the—and they've never forgotten it there. They actually have a plaque now.
0: Oh, wow. I've been
2: told, or they talk about it constantly or something.
0: That's amazing.
2: A lot of my heroes are often. Women, I men just have never really, outside of me thinking yummy, um, <laughs> they've never really influenced me.
1: Yeah. I,
2: Sir Ian McKellen obviously, Jerick, Sir, Jerick, Sir Derek Jacobi is one of them. He's also gay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, just mostly females. I mean Olivia Coleman.
0: She's I think great. she's
2: she inspires me to the huge amount I mean she's amazing yeah she is Imelda Staunton Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. plays a good (laughs) villain I
2: I think she's more than that um for sure sure. she made a film called Vera Drake that has stayed with me and she plays an abortionist Mm. and she gets arrested and says do you know the crime you committed well that's what you call it Mm -hmm. beautiful words um I don't know I just have a lot of female heroes and then I love it. I think I tell my friends that the females are the greater beings. I think they're the best thing about the planet.
0: (laughs) I agree. I mean, I would say, I mean, (laughs) I mean, look at uh, just to bring it into reality, right? We have here in the United States, uh, an immeasurable amount of gun violence. and uh oh, it's awful. Of the, I think, like, upward, I think around 68 mass shootings in the last, I mm-hmm. don't know, a couple of months, all of all of which perpetuated by men. Men.
2: Oh, men.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awful. Um,
2: just the one last week, I think it was the l- last week, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That hurt. Um, I bawled. Like I burst into tears and cried for like an hour. Another gay club shooting wasn't yep. Pulse bad enough. I know. And in Colorado, which has already had so many issues.
0: I know. How do you keep? I mean, how do you like? How do you not like armor yourself against that and just start shutting down? It's just. Oh yeah.
2: It's just like it's. It, it makes you afraid to be gay or trans in an open space. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when I went back to y- Yakima, my hometown, for a little bit in July, because I went back in May to celebrate my birthday. Because I was like, you, not my family. I'd rather hang out with my friends and celebrate myself. So I bought a really beautiful silk gown and I wore it. And it was fabulous. I went back in July to help my adoptive aunt because she went to Iceland. Bless her. She needs it. She's been stuck in the house since COVID. Um, I decided I'm going to go out and party for my last night, and I went out and got assaulted by a man because he th- thought I was a woman, followed me home from followed me across the street from the bar, found out I wasn't a woman I was none too pleased about that.
0: I'm so sorry that's oh, awful i
2: I took it as a sentence i I took it was such a hilarious error. I just made jokes about it I was like, Well, he ripped my blouse that's that's what I'm really mad about. And my friends are like, Are you okay? I'm like, I'm dealing it with humor. It's just, it. that's what made me turn into like an activist here. I'm like, Now it's just like, and then to have the club shooting happen later that same year, it's like, Ooh. It's not, it's, really
0: it's not nice. okay. It's not fucking okay. It's, it's horrifying. It's, and just the, the gall, the, the ego, the insecurity, the duck, Toxicity of that man to do that is um, horrifying. I mean, he's a byproduct of this system, and it's horrifying.
2: I do have to quickly say that I do have four, wonderful, five wonderful male friends who have been six, I should say, who have been my my biggest supporters, and they're wonderful straight men. <laughs> not to drag on men for too much. I no, I mean I think
0: I think it's warranted. Uh, you know, you, you hear not all men, but yes, I would say yes, all men as a default, and then change our minds, change our hearts, oh, yeah. right? Prove, I just, <laughs> prove yourself. Oh yeah,
2: I'm just so lucky that when I told one of my male friends, I mean, he actually dates my um my f- m- my um mama bear. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He just took my hand. He said, "If you don't want me to touch you or anything, you let me know, because you're beautiful and you deserve to be loved." But I'm going to step away and let you feel comfortable,
1: because
2: mm. that man violated me in that attack. He took advantage, and so he saw me withdraw my hand, but then I let him take it. Because this man is a beautiful human being. He's a giant papa bear of a man. He just loves hugs. He's And then I told my other friends, and their reaction was, the men were like, do I need to go beat someone up? I'm like, no, because I never saw his face. But (laughs) if you ever find him, go ahead. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) But I was so thrilled. I mean, that cemented in my fact that I have six beautiful male friends who will kill for me, even though I'm quite capable with a stiletto.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's right.
2: Um, I don't really need protecting. I may be tiny, but I am mighty, as I told them. But Mm. it just hammered home the male toxicity and the fact that he didn't like that I was gay and that I was in a blouse and that I had makeup on. And I will agree with him. I did look like a town hooker, but I patterned my look after Dolly Parton. And if she says it's okay, then that's up to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. I think she's a great human being. And I love that little. I pat him. I look after the town tramp.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's a she's a treasure.
2: I think she needs to be given a presidential medal of honor soon,
0: unless she already has. Yeah.
2: Um. But that event hammered home for me just how toxic masculinity can be, and how I've also noticed how toxic all people can be. Misogyny is rampant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from all genders.
1: Mm -hmm. It is
2: like if a woman steps a foot out of line, other women will not hesitate to bash them. Or I see gay men even tearing the donut. I'm like, what are you doing? We're supposed to be in awe of them. We're supposed to respect them. They never turn their back on us. Usually. Why would you turn their back on them now? I just do not like misogyny or toxic masculinity or any of that. It bothers me to my soul. Yeah. And in the past, I may have been a different person, and I may have said some things, but now that I'm older and wiser, I see that we have to speak good things into the world. And my family members can attest, I'm not the nicest person, occasionally, but...
0: (laughs) Well, that's okay. Um, I think it's warranted that you can be, you have to be fierce in a world that... uh, that doesn't always accept you that that's, that's your sword. That's your, that's your shield.
2: I've always dealt with the world with a sharp sense of humor and, and really hurtful (laughs) one liners. (laughs) Right. And some of my friends reacted well. some didn't, but those were the immature ones who just, they could dish it, but they couldn't take it back. If I gave it back, I'm now that I'm friends with mostly 30 year olds and 28 year olds and, wiser people than I, I find I find myself so grateful because mm. I've lost all those other friends to gain the true ones. Yeah. They accept Jake and his one-liners and and inappropriate and, and comments about himself and where That's he it. just drags himself down <laughs> to mm-hmm.
1: make others laugh.
2: And I enjoy that. That's my type of humor.
1: Mm-hmm. Very
2: dry British sense of humor hence why the favorite by Yorgos Lanthimos is my favorite movie because that's that's my of humor i am lady Sarah churchill
0: <laughs> have you seen the lobster
2: i love the lobster
0: <laughs> another another he, he, that guy has a, a dark sensibility
2: he's just a brilliant director and he yeah embraces the queer ideology in a way that most directors will not yeah mike lee's another one that i feel understands um i really like paul i'm afraid to say his name wrong um he directed licorice pizza Um,
0: oh paul thomas anderson
2: i think he's brilliant
0: yeah he is
2: i'm hoping female directors will soon become the more norm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that'd be lovely um like i'm already gearing up for this year's oscars and i'm excited and i'm excited for michelle yao
0: oh yeah michelle yao yeah I <laughs> every everything everywhere all at once is my favorite movie of the year.
2: Oh, and I really like Tar.
0: Yes, I need to see Tar. I need to see Tar. She's
2: brilliant. Um, yeah. Most people are angry at it because it does raise questions about cancel culture. Cancel culture, yeah, that have been undiscussed. Mm. Um, and then I'm really excited about Brendan Fraser.
0: Right, the new. Uh...
2: The whale. I'm just so excited about that. I mean, most people say gay straight actors shouldn't play gay. Brendan's not going to do harm by it. Brendan is too big of a sweetheart. And that man, as a victim of that kind of abuse, myself, I am so happy. I'm just so happy for him. I'm excited, and if he wins. RIP my Snapchat stories and my Facebook. It's going to be exploding with cussing. and <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited. I think to celebrate artists is something that we should do every day. Like on my Instagram, I pick a woman who inspires me a day. And then I post about her and I list her achievements. And I pick the best pictures, young and old. And it's fun.
0: its I love that idea. Yeah, that's great.
2: My friends enjoy it. They're like, "It's so cool! All these different people we've never heard of." I'm like, "That's because you're not an old soul." <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I talk about Ella Fitzgerald and Maria Callas. Callas, or I've yeah. never really known she's how to pronounce great. her name. Yeah, she's Greek, so I don't really know what her pronunciation would be.
0: We've Bless her, she was a diva. Rosetta, Rosetta Thorpe. <laughs>
2: I am mentioning her. I was actually planning her for tomorrow. I I, I took a break because I was running out of people. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm kind of tired now. I did Marilyn. I did uh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. I did all the females who have influenced me. Mm. And I just have to hand it down to them. I mean, the world is full of such incredible people.
0: It is. And it then is. you have
2: the school shooters, and you're like, "Oh, there's also those people."
0: Yeah. So, I want to start winding down. I, but I'd love to hear from you, Jake, uh, in regards to like, what is next for you in terms of acting? Like, what? How are you? How are you sort of positioning yourself to? Get the next role, or are you trying out for parts? What is that look looking like for you right now?
2: I'm studying different styles of acting. I'm researching that, I'm picking parts that I want to do. Okay. Like um, I want to do Richard III. Mm. I want to do King Lear someday. I'd love to play Lady Macbeth.
0: Yeah, that'd be great.
2: <laughs> She's delicious, the evil. Yes. I love a good villain. <laughs> Um, for me, I just want to get started in commercials, small little parts. I'm not really anxious to get on this film that quickly because I have time. I mean, the great Alan Rickman didn't start until he was 40 and he had a tremendous time. I would just like to get started in theater more. I love getting to correct your mistakes the next day.
0: Mm, I love that. Because
2: you don't get that on a film. If you make a mistake, it's there. Right, or off they right. feel, cut. Are you stupid? Do it this way.
0: Right, right.
2: Um, I just, I just want to find a character that fits me, like a glove.
0: Is there a theater scene in Arizona where you're at?
2: Ooh, um, I mean, there's the one at the senior center. Right. <laughs> but I already said I have no interest in playing someone's grandson for the rest of my life.
1: Right. Right.
2: And they didn't really do plays, unfortunately. I mean, there's one at the college, but I haven't heard any plays coming out of there. They just have one. And I think they just use it to teach people acting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sadly not, but I do follow along with my theater friends. And I practice at home. And I do little fake scenes with friends occasionally. Maybe if I move back to Yakima, I'll just get involved there. Because they have a great theater scene there. Fantastic.
0: Where is Yakima? I don't know that. Just town.
2: outside of Seattle. It's um, about okay. three hours from Seattle. It's, um, do you know where Tacoma um, is?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it's about an hour from that. Okay. It's just a little desert town. And hilariously, the sign that you see going into it is Palm Springs of Washington.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
2: could not be further from the truth.
1: <laughs>
2: it's about an hour. It's about 30 minutes from Mount Rainier. Okay. So, if you ever want to go to Mount Rainier, you just head up the mountain pass and you're there in about an hour. Nice. And it's lovely. It, it's a really conservative town, but they now have a gay rainbow walkway. That's great. I'm really happy about
0: that. <laughs> yeah, but they have a, say that again?
2: They um have the rainbow flag that you can walk on. Oh, Like fun. in Seattle, they have the Pride Hill.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I have
2: one in downtown Yakima.
0: Oh, amazing.
2: It took them long enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: After I moved, I might add. I was kind of miffed about that.
0: <laughs> they were just waiting for you to get out get of it. Get out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like we don't want him.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Jake, I think you're um a wonderful human and a very brave human. And I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful you. that you're sharing your voice. And I'm I'm excited to See, you know, you on the stage someday, you know, in in theater or in a movie, whatever it may be. I I am excited for your future.
2: I'm hopeful it will turn out to be a good one. But with the friends like I have, I don't see how it can not be. Even if I don't make it exactly in this time, I can fight for it in the future.
0: Keep leaning on those friends. We need them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about empathy heroes. This is the part of the show where my guest Jake and I uh, mention an empathy hero in our lives. I will go first, and this one is a uh, I, I I I list with reservations, and it's it's a little bit muddled and complicated. But just yesterday, I think um, the Senate passed the Respect for Marriage Act, um, which. Which is good. Um, how I, I say there's reservations because um, there was still, you know, the majority of Republicans voted against it. I think only twelve voted for it, and it still also gives states control uh, to make their own decisions about same-sex marriage. It's so I there there is there is hope, and the hope is a little bit watered down, but uh, you know. I will take it. Um, I, I, you know, people listening. I I know you're all probably Democratic voters, but like if you're not, let's talk about it. Truly, because at this point in my life, I would say Republicans are garbage. Um, And that's (laughs) that's how I feel. That's what I believe. If you're a Republican and you're listening to this, truly, let's have a conversation. I would love to talk about it. Um, so the empathy heroes this week are are the folks who voted to yes. pass the Respect for Marriage Act.
2: I think that's a great one, and mm-hmm. I agree with the assessment that most Republicans are garbage
0: um, I didn't say most. I said all Republicans are garbage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, all of them pretty much are
0: yeah, um how about you?
2: My empathy hero
1: hmm.
2: I would say anybody who's ever accepted someone for who they are and taken them in and given them a life that they never would have had. Have you never had that person never come into their lives Mm. where you convinced them to stay, where you took them to the hospital or you taught them how to find their own beauty and just someone who accepts other people. That's good empathy. Cause what are we here for if we can't accept other people?
1: Yeah. And if you
2: vote no for a marriage act, then what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Um, I don't understand how people can hate other people. Like, I just... Donald Trump. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Garbage person.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wish something... I wish he would just... (laughs) go take a vacation someplace and never come back. Like, go retire.
0: Just leave Please leave. (laughs) Yes, just leave. Yes.
2: Like, if (sighs) I hear them do one more thing, I'm going to lose
1: my mind.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently some good news also was that a couple of the people behind the, the insurrection on January 6th were just charged with, like, sedition. Uh, against the oh, government, which which is a, uh, you know, a felony. Um, so they'll, they'll serve some time in prison. So
2: we just want the main person to get.
0: Yes. Well, that's another <laughs> thing, right? He was like, he was thinking that a presidential bid would like, keep him out of, like, be able to sort of shield him from persecution, but no. Um, that does not work, and he still has to give them all of his tax returns and all of the uh, paperwork he's been holding on to, et cetera. So he's his-
2: just—I—I I think he probably ate it. I've—I've I've heard he used to eat his press briefings.
0: Yes, I've heard this too. And uh, <laughs> what a what a what a <laughs> special guy that guy is.
2: He's special.
0: He's special. Yeah. I
2: just. I have to say, we're all lucky to know normal people. <laughs> I well, have to I would say, say that
0: people, we're lucky to know people, again, to go back to what you said, we're lucky to know people who see us and who have kindness in their hearts.
2: I have to say, the one thing my abuser uh, told me mm-hmm. when I was little was, You're never going to find friends who love you.
0: What and then here I, I am that with this. Sorry.
2: Best friend. I found the best people. Aurora, my mom there, my my male friends. I didn't ask them if I could n- name them, so I'm not going to. <laughs> Stacy Hoffy's another one. She's just like this former Air Force lady. She's she just throws my sister around like she's a rag doll. She's fabulous. Um, she's she always has pushed it. She's like, you're gay. You're fabulous. Let's go with it. Hmm. Um, and then Shayna's, I've been lucky. And I'd like to say that you're wrong to that person. You you were wrong. And I can die happy knowing that he was wrong. I am loved and I feel loved. And I want to show that love to other people now.
0: Beautiful. I love it. Well, Jake, uh, is there a place where the listeners of this podcast can learn more about you and connect with you?
2: Um, You can find me on Instagram, Um, jakecrawford 43 It's a person with a lot of makeup on. (laughs) Um, I'm on Twitter, which I can't, um, uh, it's on my Instagram. I can't really remember the username. It's like Jacob P. Crawford. And I post a lot of political things. (laughs) I tweet at celebrities a lot. And I get responses. That's the fun part.
0: <laughs> That's great. What's Land been a favorite Rimes response? Rhymes was especially
2: sweet. Leanne Rhymes was the best. Okay, all right. Nice. I told her, "Um, home of, I grew up in a homophobic town, and you um saved my life a lot with your music." And she said, "My darling, I'm so sorry to hear that. You are loved. You are seen. And I have. I'm actually going to get it printed out and framed. <laughs> um. So they can find me on Twitter for sure and Facebook if you're into that. Not many people I know use Facebook anymore.
0: What's it's a Facebook, Jake? I don't even know. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Facebook something.
0: <laughs> well, that's wonderful. I, I will make sure to include the link uh, to your Instagram in the show notes uh, for this episode at feelyhuman.co. Um, yep.
2: And I definitely yeah. follow you because I think you're a beautiful human being.
0: Well, thank you. Um, Thank you. I don't. I, I, in my head, I was just going to say "good sir," but I don't know if that. <laughs> I think I was thinking of uh, Sir Sir Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, but thank you. I, I don't talk that. like that. But. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being a part of this. I I'm, I appreciate you. I, you reaching out.
2: I was very honored. I kept crying and talking about it with my friends. Like this is a huge honor. I'm excited. They actually cried. oh. <laughs> I just, I'm just honored by it. And it's been a complete pleasure. Um, and to be able to talk about mental health is important to me and the people who have guided me, all my friends, Katie and all of them. I'm just grateful to have this opportunity.
0: I'm grateful too. And I am honored truly. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. yeah and to you listeners as i always say i'm here you're here we're here together on this wayward overwhelming awe inspiring pale blue dot we have each other it's you me empathy la, la, la. La,
1: la.